Hi, welcome to Memory Chips Podcast. I am Anne Wyshynski, and I have a collection of potato chip bags from around the world. And every so often, I go through this collection, and a certain bag or bags will bring up memories of people, places, ideas, and I really want to share these with you. So if you please subscribe, you will never miss a bag. When I arrived at my dorm my freshman year of college, my roommate was Erica Heilman, host and creator of the award-winning podcast Rumble Strip Vermont. Of course, in the 80s when we went to college, podcasts didn't exist, and also people like us could afford to go to school. What did exist were potato chips. In fact, Erica and I both believe that potato chips have probably existed since the dawn of time, and also that we could have invented the chip if pressed. There is another story, though, that the chip was quote-unquote invented by George Speck, or Crum, or his sister Kate Wicks in Saratoga Springs, New York, in 1953, despite evidence that crisps had been a staple of cookery for a long time prior to that. While we love this story and want to believe that this delicious treat was created by one or both of these black-slash-Native American siblings, Erica and I try to unpack this origin story the only way we know how by talking out of our asses and ad-libbing historical reenactments. What I was hoping is that we could... <laughs> that we, I could just read the script as if somebody's making a, a musical or some dramatic... Well, you're, just trying to get, you're just trying to get buy-in from me by calling it a musical. I am, because you were a musical theater major, if I remember I correctly. No, you'd had to bring that up in the first 30 seconds of our conversation here. Oh, I can. But that is how we knew. We, I could, but that is how we knew each other. We did. That's, that is how we met. We we did. And you know what? I think that I only came to maybe one of your performances. Is that true? Yeah. Why? That's so terrible. Because you were always discouraging me from going. You'd be like, "It's oh. horrible. You don't want to oh. see it." And that's, that's so why. stupid of me. Because it was <laughs> not. That was always very good. I still remember the the performance that I went to because you were dressed as like a villager lady. I don't know what the oh, performance was. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, was like freshman year. Yeah. And I was kind of crazy. I think it was on the town on the town. Yeah. And I remember you wearing a Brown, you were wearing lots of Brown. I don't remember the Brown. I remember there being, and brown. I cannot find the script. What is wrong with me? I don't, I don't know. But the Wait reason I thought that, uh, this is why I kind of saw you in this role as uh, one of the roles as Here George Speck's sister, because I imagine her wearing lots of brown. So um, you mean like I'm the I work in the kitchen, but that's fantastic. I will I'd like to be one of the kitchen people because I was looking at your script, thinking I don't know how to play Vanderbilt. I don't know how to do that voice, and I de- I don't know how to say something called marumph. <laughs> Even as an actor, <laughs> I don't know how to pull that off. Okay, I'll be Vanderbilt. You just have to act like Trump. I assume that he was like that, but also. I think that what we need to talk about the meta conversation that's happening here is that apparently this is a, it's just a whole made up scenario. And that if there was a client, 
it was not Vanderbilt. So apparently, according to other sources, Vanderbilt was not, he was a regular at the Moon Lake house, but he was not a, he, he would not have been the, that person. So are you telling me that the whole premise for this, for the origin story of the potato chip is, is a false premise? I think so. So how do we know how, and so that's very, that's pretty disconcerting. I mean, I'm not sure where to go with that. If we don't even let's pretend like we don't know that. And, um, (laughs) and we'll, we'll act it out as if this, this origin story was, was real. real. Okay. Okay. Scene one, Moon Lake house, Saratoga Springs, New York, 1853 pan to rotund monocled mustachioed white man in a jacket and vest sitting alone at a large round table covered with a white tablecloth, wine and water glasses, fine china. A waiter stands beside him stage right, holding a silver plate mounded with soggy fried potatoes. The waiter looks horrified and speaks. I apologize, sir, that the dish is not to your liking. I will take it back promptly and have the situation repaired to your liking. (sighs) Vanderbilt sits and chugs his drinks and talks loudly and trumpily, blah, 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 blah. Waiter returns to the marble columned dining room with another try with another tray of potatoes. Jesus, I could just tell by looking at these that they're still soggy. Take them back and make them crispy. The waiter takes the tray and rolls his eyes at his coworker, who is also getting paid below minimum wage, has no health insurance and no ch- and children with tuberculosis. He takes the tray through the swinging kitchen doors. Fucking Mexicans can't even make a good old fashioned American potato chip. I ought to send them back to where they came from. The waiter returns with the silver tray piled high with a plate of crispy, light brown, thinly sliced potatoes, and Vanderbilt grunts like a pig and snuffles into them. Fantastic, brilliant, wonderful, the best thing ever. This is like the greatest dish in the world, the whole number, the whole world. We're number one. We're number one. Who invented such a thing? The chef, George Spexer. Scene two kitchen of the Moon Lake house, same time. Two Native American black individuals stand sweating next to a giant wood-burning stovetop. The man, the man I stall, the fuck's that? I have no idea. Uh, uh, man, I, man, okay, well, whatever. The man's wearing clothes. The, the man is wearing clothes. The woman is, sh- <laughs> the woman is shorter and also wearing clothes. Um, okay, so George Speck, or Crum and Kate Wicks. Oh yeah, we. I didn't. Uh, I think we were supposed to ad lib here, so <laughs> we're in clothes. Um, I think I was gonna describe the clothes, but like, what do you think that they would be wearing? Then uh, I don't know. It's like eighteen something or other. Fifty three. Yeah, that's pretty late in the game. I'm thinking they're wearing a lot of clothes. I'm thinking they're wearing lots of like layers of aprons maybe yeah lots of aprons and he probably had on a hat why would he have a hat he's cooking i don't know cuz people wore a ton of clothes back then i think he's wearing um uh some sort of f- f- close fitting cloth something or other on his head as he cooks as is she okay yeah like and they each have a dish and they yes and they each have a dish towel dish towel sort of slung over their shoulders 
Right. Uh, and aprons and aprons. He's wearing sort of dapper pants and an apron. And she's wearing a kind of full, full butted dress <laughs> with an apron on the top and a bu- kind of a bonnet like thing on her head. Okay. I think that's but, probably describing something that's more like 1570, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds middle mi- medieval, right? But I think she. <laughs> I think, well, there's a picture of them standing outside the moon. Oh, that's house. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think she's got, well, okay. So um, they're native and she's got a, her hair pulled back in a long braid and has no hat on. And pro- maybe it looks like possibly she has on a hairnet, although I don't know what they would have made hairnets out of in f- 1853. So there's a lot of different um, uh, differences with, you know, the this, this story. So some say, that it wasn't actually Vanderbilt, that it was, you know, some other patron. And then other people say that it was his sister. So Kate Wicks is George Speck's sister. Right. And apparently some people claim that she was the one, but he took the credit for it because he was the chef, you know, and also he was a man. So, so that would be typical. And yeah, so let's what, be honest. Who's who really made the potato chips? It wasn't him. It was her. No, it was her. So they're saying that that he invented it because this picky guy was saying like slice them thinner. But I think that it's likely that they were already familiar with slicing thin potato chips. That's why I pulled up this the Cook's Oracle because I I believe that they they were that at least they had heard about you know this cookbook. So that's why I wanted to see because the cookbook it looks like when, what's the copyright date of that. 1830. So yes, the Cook's Oracle and Housekeeper's Manual by William Kitchener was published in 1830, which was a good 23 years before this supposed incident. Yeah, pretty well seals the deal. That's that's a description of a potato chip. Right. So yeah, well, can you can you read it? What the Yeah, I'm potatoes fried in slices or shavings, number yeah. 104. Uh, So this is the directive. Peel large potatoes, slice them about a quarter of an inch thick or cut them in shavings round and round. Actually, that's a great, I love that. Seldom you get, you know, when you get like shaved, fried shavings of potatoes. Do you know what I mean? They're like curly. Yeah. All right. In In shavings round and round, as you would peel a lemon, dry them well in a clean cloth and fry them in lard or dripping. Take care that your fat and frying pan are quite clean. Put it on a quick fire, watch it, and as soon as the lard boils and is still, put in the slices of potato and keep moving them till they're crisp. Take them up and lay them to drain on a sieve. Send them up with a very little salt sprinkled over them. That is a potato chip. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. That's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard to, I think it's sort of hard to imagine that the potato chip did not all, didn't always exist. Right. Exactly. I mean, I have a hard time believing that people weren't making potato chips in medieval times in Ireland. Well, I don't think that was a potato there during medieval times. I mean, when did it make it from the new world? Well, so where's the, where was the potato? I mean, I thought the potato was sort of an Irish thing. No, where's the, the potato, potato from? The potato is a new world plant. It's from South America and it didn't make it over until the colonials or uh, were the, you know, ship Columbus or whoever was here uh, 
started bringing it over. So Ireland, it didn't make it to Ireland probably until, I don't know. You Google oh. it. Well, that's interesting. So, I don't know. so, so are we thinking then that the Incans made potato chips? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Or they've dried them. They probably sliced them and dried them in the sun. <laughs> sun chips. <laughs> Well, in any case, I think that probably some marketer that's marketing healthy things should do potato chips the way they were meant to be made, uh, like the Incans, and just pretend like they were dehydrated, you know, like heated in the sun and desiccated potatoes. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure they were. Maybe they pounded them and made like prehistoric Pringles. Um, Do you eat potato chips on the regular? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I, I, in fact, I was just thinking about eating some now while we were talking. Route 11 sour cream and onion. That's my go-to chip when I feel like eating chips, which is often. Uh, I also love the Route 11 dill pickle flavor. That's also my jam. I don't know it, any, I don't know a single person outside of my son who doesn't like potato chips. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I'm curious about that because I'm from the Midwest, you know, so like that is blasphemous not to eat potato chips but you're from new england so i will defer to you in in that like whether or not everybody likes potato chips everybody likes potato chips yeah well apparently i think well i agree with you i think that potato chips were kind of here since the dawn of potatoes house is i think that this uh this um uh duo the, the George Speck and Kate Wicks right um that uh that probably they were familiar with just the cooking of potatoes since it was in these cookbooks already um and likely you know this they just cooked them and served them at that place and people liked them and i think it was I, and i think it was her i think it was her too I also think that if I were on a desert island left, like for some reason, inexplicably had a stove top and some frying oil, I think that given enough time, I would intuitively understand how to make a potato chip out of a potato. I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. So we were going back to the Moon Lake house. I think that we we decided, right, that that it wasn't real. What, what wasn't real? That whole scenario. Oh, well, I mean, the the fact of the restaurant was real. Oh, yeah. And you can rent it. Okay, that's what I don't understand. So there's this, you sent me this link to this hideous rental that is ex- hugely expensive. It's $900 a night. Okay, so I think it's the historic site, but I don't think it's okay, the so ori- Yeah, I don't think it's It's the not original. the building. No, I don't think the original building is there. Right. This is the site where the building was. In, from their from the description, it says this historic site of Moon's Lake House, famous for the invented invention of the potato chip. So that's the first line of their VRBO listing. Yeah, well, I like I like the aerial view of the site because the tennis court is that like tennis court green. Like, can you see the tennis court there? Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, and then the, and all the buildings are the same color as the tennis court. That weird greenish, grayish, blue. Yeah. Like all the ha- outsides of the houses are all the same color as the tennis court. And then the inside walls of the house are also that color. I know. The bar has a coat of armor in the corner and it, everything is teal. Teal and 
this vague orange. I mean, it's just a, the color combination is really, why am I being such a bitch? I'm I sorry. No, Cause it's $900 a night. Maybe that's, that's that is exactly why if this were, if this were, you know, yeah. Also, I think, night would be fun. I think also you might be internalizing this whole story and now you're feeling a certain kinship to the moon lake house and you're offended that it's not marble and yeah, I guess what's offensive is that I'm sure it was like, well, maybe it burned down or something, but it was probably a interesting building and now it is not. Do you think that the ghost of, of George Speck and his sister Kate Wicks are like around making hiding potato chips under people's pillows? No, I think they're I think that they fled as okay. soon as that architect <laughs> as soon as that architect came to work on this project, they checked out. Well, you know, he, you know, this guy, George Speck or Crum, he opened up a, uh, another restaurant afterwards that was hugely successful where he served those Saratoga chips, the potato chips. Oh, right. His own place. His own place. Yeah. yeah. Right. Called Crumbs. So why didn't he get, so, so in some of this reading, it, 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 I remember seeing that he didn't get rich off his potato chips. Why is that? Wasn't it his restaurant that um, started distributing the potato chip? Probably what happened was the usual thing. They probably didn't have the, the somebody else who had the capital to start some operation to package and distribute the potato chips probably was the one who got rich off of it. So probably he made the potato chips and then somebody else said, Hey, I got this truck. I got this thing. I got these packaging. I got this factory where I can package them and whatever, and I'm going to package them. And he probably paid George Speck a small amount of money, but it didn't, not, a, not enough. That was, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the usual, isn't that the usual story? Yeah. Okay. So this, this story, they say a grumpy patron, they don't say that it's Vanderbilt. Oh, really? No, this is this is from the original Saratoga Chips website about their history. And then it says the grump a grumpy patron ordered Moon's fried potatoes. They're well known a well-known house specialty. At that time, fried potatoes were commonly served in thick cut slices in the French tradition. This particular patron found the slices to be too thick and soggy. Dissatisfied, he sent them back to the kitchen and requested they be sliced thinner. He was duly served a second portion, but still not satisfied. He returned them yet again, insisting they be cut thinner still. Not particularly receptive to criticism of his cooking, the spirited Mr. Crumb obliged by slicing them as paper thin as he could and salting them heavily in an attempt to make them inedible. Deep fried, they became quite crispy. They became impossible to eat with a fork. Intending to teach the wealthy patron a lesson, the reaction from the diner instead was one of enthusiastic appreciation and a request for a second serving of chips. Okay. So then it says here that he opened up his own restaurant, George Crumb, on Malta Avenue near Saratoga Lake. And with a few, within a few years, he was catering to a large and wealthy clientele that included the Vanderbilts, Jay Gould, and Henry Hilton. He marketed them in takeout boxes as the original Saratoga chips, but never patented or protected his oh, invention. Oh, there's the problem. Right. When Crumb died in 1914, his obituary stated he was the originator of the Saratoga chip. And it, Okay. So it says, while one may never know the true creation of the invention of the Saratoga chip, we do know that the crunchy, salty snack cut on among diners and were eventually packed for sale in grocery stores by other companies. Oh, and there's a picture of him and he's wearing a straw hat 
and a kerchief around his neck and he has a mustache. Um, and he's standing outside of the, he's standing outside of his restaurant in that hat and the kerchief and an apron. So he was probably wearing a hat in any case. I don't, I'm, I'm not buying that. He invented the chip. I'm not buying it either, but I mean, it makes a good story. He should be celebrated. Speaking of, oh, here's here's another marketing thing that's I'll, I'll share with you. I, I enjoyed eating them, but the thing that pissed me off about this is, okay, I, do you have you heard of these uglies? No. Where are it's they just, from? It's just, oh my god, it's just a marketing thing. So they're Diefenbachs from probably from Pennsylvania, where potato chips come from. Yeah, Pennsylvania. And so it says they have a whole their whole marketing thing is that it's. Crafted from potatoes with minor cosmetic imperfections. And then it has a potato, a guy holding a little potato, holding a sign with a mustache, sunglasses and a hat. And it says, save a potato. And then on the back, they have ugly food facts. Each year, 30% of food produced worldwide is wasted. 26% of U.S. produce gets discarded for cosmetic reasons. 20% of children worldwide under the age of five are undernourished. And it's like, well, how is making chips out of, cosmetic imperfect imperfectly chips like how is that going to save children worldwide from being undernourished it's just a marketing thing just because you bought those chips are you getting these chips into the hands of those children or the mouths <laughs> of those children like i don't i don't understand what what are you you're raising awareness of this but you're making money off of it you're doing it the cheap way you're buying the cheap stuff making potato chips out of it and then making money out of it and then marketing it as if you're fucking saving the world with your fucking potato chips. I'm so <laughs> mad. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat them, but I just, <laughs> I mean, should I be irritated by that? Well, it's a, no, it's just a, a kind of, so well, it's a, it's a play on our liberal values. Exactly. That is, a, that is offensive. It's an appeal, right? Yeah. It's an appeal and it, it makes me mad. It's like this people are just getting, they're just, they're just buying the cheap stuff and making more of a profit margin. And then right. saying, I mean, I'm all for, I'm all for, if you are doing something and making money off it, great. But if you're just making money off of it and not, having no impact, then what good are you? If you're feeding the world with potato chips. Yeah. So this for what, like what we're talking about right now with the memory chips podcast is like, I'm not claiming to help anybody. You mean, <laughs> you mean, you mean this podcast will help no one? It will help absolutely nobody. Right. <laughs> that's always a really safe, <laughs> that's a really safe premise. <laughs> I, mean, I, tr- my- I trust that. I trust that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And if you have any questions or comments about what you heard today, please post them to the review section of your podcast player. So if you use Apple Podcasts, you click on the show thumbnail and scroll down to leave a review. And then whatever happens after that is up to you. But hopefully it's nice. You can also leave posts at, on Instagram at, at memory chips podcast.